Welcome to Fathers of the Faith for Covenant Kids, where we look back on the church fathers who raised the ramparts which defend our faith to present day. This episode, we are learning about St. Augustine, Bishop of Hippo. You might be familiar with his many notable writings, such as Confessions, The City of God, and On Christian Doctrine. He's also had a large influence on many other church fathers and leaders. Let's take a closer look, shall we? My name is Grant, and joined with me is my beautiful wife, Erica. Hello, everyone. My oldest child named Lila. Hi. And my middlest child, <laughs> Eddie. Hello. And our youngest little sapling, Nora. Hi. How old are you guys? So, what? Lila, how old are you? Eight. Eddie, how old are you? Six. Wait, but how many days till your birthday? Till you're seven. I don't know how many, but soon. It's eight days. Woohoo! Nora, how old are you? Four. And you'll be five in just a couple months. Yeah. Woohoo! If you hear some munching in the background, we are eating a super healthy family dinner in this little recording closet of ours. What are we eating, guys? Um, we Hot Pockets and, and Corn Dogs. Hot Pockets? They're not Hot Pockets. What are they? Like pizza, little pocket things. Little pizza like bites? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pizza bites. I call them hot pockets. We, and, and corn dogs. We have a church function in an hour, and so we thought, well, let's record it our first episode and get a quick meal in, too. Efficiency. Yes. That's what we are. <laughs> Efficient. It's fun. It is fun, isn't well, it? Well, it, it's mm-hmm. true. It is fun. So we are going to begin a series of podcasts for you that you can listen to with your kids on Fathers of Our Faith. Tonight, the first father that we are going to talk about with the kiddos is a man named Augustine, Aurelius Augustine. Or Augustine. Or commonly known as Augustine or St. Augustine or St. Augustine. What I'll you- call him Augustine. Okay. Me too. <laughs> probably the easiest name possible. I'll call him Augustine. Okay. All right. What do you guys know about Augustine? Uh, I don't really know anything. You don't know much about Augustine? I- I know he he was he wasn't nailed, but he was tied up in. That's Polycarp. That was Polycarp. <laughs> we'll do Polycarp another time. So Augustine was born in the year 354 A.D. So that means it was 350 years after the life of Jesus that Augustine was walking around on our earth. That's actually really cool. He was born in modern-day Algeria, and his mom was a believer. She believed in Jesus. Do you guys know where Algeria is? Uh, no clue. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Say Africa. 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 Northern Africa. Africa. Mm -hmm. It's right next to Egypt. Egypt? Yeah. Ooh, Moses way now. Yep. (laughs) So, Augustine's mom was a believer, And Augustine didn't believe in Jesus. And so he grew up. He ended up going to school in Milan, which was way over in Italy. Okay? He was someone called a rhetorician. So that means you studied rhetoric, which was just speech. He was really good at talking. Not like Moses at all. Right. Not like Moses. That's a good point. Because Moses got tongue-tied a lot. Yeah. Nailed it. Yep. And so he did great at school. And in Milan, there was a bishop of the church named Ambrose, who was a great bishop as well. And he went to go visit Ambrose not and listen to him preach, not because he liked the message, because right now at this time, 
Augustine was kind of wild and he was in a lot of sin, but he thought Ambrose was a great rhetorician just like him. He could speak really well and his sermons he presented really well and he, and so he loved listening to him. So he wasn't a very good believer. No, he wasn't a believer at that time. But, so they were kind of like friends, basically, but kind of, I guess so. I know they were friends later on, but at this point, I'm not sure what the level of their friendship was. Mm-hmm. Five zero. I think zero level friendship. But I believe that Ambrose preaching was God's way of drawing him in and beginning to woo him and effectually call him to belief in Jesus, though, because it wasn't it wasn't much long after that Augustine was having such a struggle in his heart. And he was like, why do I find no rest for my soul? And Augustine was sinning in all kinds of ways, thinking that was going to make him happy. And it never did. He could not get any self-control. And he knew what he was doing was wrong, but he couldn't control it. Sin brings pain. What do you got, Lila? So he was like kind of struggling, basically. Yeah, he was struggling. Yep, because he thought he he could stop sinning in his own power. What do you got, Nori? Obedience we need So Augustine was so bothered by this. Some people would say he was haunted by the Holy Spirit, okay? That the Spirit was not letting him go, and the Spirit was going to give him a new heart. And this is what happened. Augustine says he was laying down in a garden by a tree, just weeping. Why can't I stop sinning? And he heard... Like a child, he said, I don't know if it was a boy or a girl, but it was off in the distance. And the child said, pick up and read, pick up and read, pick up and read. And he knew they were talking about the Bible because he was just praying to God about his sin and being bothered by not being able to stop sinning. Hey, Nora, yeah. what does the Bible say can cause faith? Faith comes by hearing what? The word of God. The word of God. So what did... Augustine need if he was going to have faith in Jesus. The word of God. Just like, like everything is like what God made. So and what did he read, Daddy? He knew that he left his Bible open in the house. And so when he went back to his house, he said, whatever it's open to, I'm just going to read it. And I know that is what God has wanted me to read because he told me in the garden to just pick up and read. And he opened up to Romans chapter 13, verses 13 and 14. It says... And it says, <laughs> let us let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, which those were the things Augustine was doing that he couldn't stop doing. And it says, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Right then and there, faith came by hearing the word of God, Nora, for Augustine. And God gave him a new heart. That's pretty cool. So then, once he became a believer, he went back to church and talked with Ambrose. That member, the preacher that he liked so much. Uh And he taught him up and helped him train up for ministry. And then Augustine went to be the bishop of Hippo which is back there in modern-day Algeria. It's a weird name. Because it sounds like hippopotamus, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's actually <laughs> called hippo. Yep. Four word. So, hippo. God is perfect. God is perfect. That's right. So then, 
Augustine was super influential for the church because there was a man named Pelagius who was actually from Britain, way up north, but he was spreading teachings that said that you aren't born in your sin, that you're born perfect, and that some people just choose to sin and other people have the ability to not sin. What do you got? That is just terrible. His name was Pelagius. Pelagius? But back then... There wasn't tons and tons of Christian bookstores everywhere, so people could just go read and know that he was wrong. There were no podcasts. Nope. Uh-oh. What? Well, there wasn't technology. All they had was exactly. books to be written, and even then, they didn't have machines like we do now. So, the, so then what had to happen was the bishops of all the churches had to get together, and they had to start writing, and Augustine, Augustine wrote books refuting all of Pelagius's teaching. So that way the church didn't believe in his lies. false teaching and yet in his lies. Better, better at the story. What do you got, Nora? God is perfect. That's wonderful. <laughs> I love him that he made everything. Nora, are you yeah. happy that God made Augustine? God, I'm so glad God made Augustine. Me too. I am too. Now... Why is this important that we learn about Augustine, you guys? Nora, why do you think it's important that we learn about Augustine? Because he's a part of our church, that's why. Right, church history. Eddie, why do you think it's important to learn about Augustine's life? Because um, God was the one who um, made him read the Bible. That's good. Lila, do you have any idea? Because I, I bet he was like... Really not a Christian because he he his mother was a Christian. Uh-huh. But I don't know about his dad. So he was kinda in the middle of a Christian, but then he got saved. Well his dad was a pagan actually. Yeah, his dad didn't believe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then he didn't believe. So he was in the middle of, of his parents. He was um No, he was, he was like his dad. He was a pagan. He was, he was like his dad, but he still went to church and listened to scriptures a little bit. So he was in the middle of both his parents. But then he went closer and closer and closer. So one of the things that Augustine did that was great was he wrote a book called The City of God. And when the Roman Empire was falling apart, everyone was so sad about it and they thought their whole world was just over. But Augustine pointed them back to the kingdom of Jesus that rules the world. And that we should never be so sad when just nations or countries are falling apart because we can still trust in Jesus. Why do you think reading that book could still be important today? Because our country keeps on falling apart and we can trust that Jesus is king. Hey, Nora. Yeah? Who is is in control right now? Is it Jesus who's in control or is it the devil who's in control? Hmm, Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Eddie, what did Jesus say when he died on the cross? It is finished. Who? War's already done. Right. Done. What does it say in Psalm 110? It says, For The Lord sends forth from Zion your mighty scepter. So it's Jesus. So what does Psalm 110 say? It says that the Lord is at, is at your, your right, right hand. hand praying for us. Right. To yeah. be at the right like, hand. And his right hand, the word is in his hands. You <laughs> <laughs> got that from the... Okay. Oh, my goodness. So, if Jesus is at the right hand of God the Father, and he is praying for us, who has the power? Jesus! Jesus. God. 
Jesus has all authority, right? right? He says, The Lord sends forth from Zion your mighty scepter, rule in the midst of your enemies. So when Jesus began to rule after he went up to the right hand of the Father, he is the one ruling over earth, and even though he has enemies, he defeated them, but there's still insane. But there's still people on earth that don't obey Jesus, right? So he's still ruling in the midst of his enemies. So Jesus is ruling now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when the Roman Empire fell when August in Augustine's life, a lot of people were thinking that Jesus had failed them. And Augustine's book was telling them there's no way that that's possible. Jesus is still ruling. And in America or other countries, they come and they go. But Jesus being king never stops. And that just keeps going. So I hope that you enjoyed learning about the life of Augustine, the importance of reading scripture because faith comes by hearing the word of God. Mm -hmm. And Augustine's life is a wonderful testimony to us at the power of scripture. And And prayer, because his mother prayed for him. Mm -hmm. And so I encourage you to go read Augustine's book called Confessions, which is kind of an autobiography that he wrote. And it chronicles a lot of this. And it is one of the top suggested books of all time. Mm -hmm. And he has a lot of other works that some are maybe difficult, some are not. But I'd encourage um, all parents and anyone that can handle it to go read Augustine's stuff. And he he influenced many of our other church fathers as well. Martin Luther was a part of an Augustinian monastery when he was a monk. And then John Calvin's Institutes of the Christian Religion, which is the greatest work during the Reformation time, during the 1500s, the main works that he quotes are Augustine's works. Mm -hmm. So Augustine became influential for centuries afterward, and he's still influential now. And commonly said is all of us in the church now are dwarves standing on the shoulders of giants. And I'd say one of the biggest giant in all of church history is Augustine of Hippo. I think Augustine was probably the best person I've probably ever heard of, except for Jesus. (laughs) So thanks for listening to Fathers of the Faith for Covenant Kids. We hope you enjoyed it. Tune in next time for another episode. See you next time!